Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hi, I'm Laura, and today I'm going to summarize our group's discussion of Hour 6, Part 1 of Learn the Bible in 24 Hours by Chuck Missler. And Part 1 means that we got through the sections that were, that were discussing the books of Joshua and Judges. To begin with, we took a little bit of an issue of this idea that a step of faith is needed for God to guide us, questioning what does that mean and is there any precedent biblically or otherwise that you have to be somehow in perfect obedience before he will guide you. So this cam cam comes up specifically in regarding the priests putting their feet in the banks uh, along the banks of the Jordan in the water and that's when God caused the waters to part. The obvious comparison is the Red Sea, and it's interesting to note that there was no requirement of putting their feet in first for the Red Sea. God just parted it. It's also interesting to note that there was no priesthood at the time of the Red Sea crossing. Comparing the two events brings to mind a couple of things. One, it brings to mind the diversity of Jesus's miracles when he was on earth. He did not make a habit of repeating a certain formula so that people could come to him a certain way or that he was predictable. And along the same lines, he always met people where they were at with their understanding of what was going on. And there is also the fact that there is evidence that sometimes God just does things in different ways because he wants to give different lessons or prophecies by the certain examples. For instance, Moses was supposed to speak to the rock the second time instead of hit it like he did the first time. The next main point of discussion was about Rahab, and we looked at the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 and verified that she is actually in the genealogy of Jesus as Boaz's mother, who married Ruth, who was in the line of King David. To put it another way, Rahab was Ruth's mother-in-law after she married Boaz, and then Ruth was David's grandmother because she was the mother of Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. After this, we got into the problem of Achan a little bit. As you will recall, Achan was the unfortunate fellow who decided not to follow God's instructions about not keeping any of the things from Jericho. And so because of that, God allowed Israel as a nation to be defeated when they went up against Ai. It is a bit of a troubling story, but it is also another example that in specific situations, God wanted them to do things differently. Now, in the book, it is presented as them having lost the battle at Ai because they, quote, had confidence in themselves, end quote. But again, we found that that statement we weren't really happy with how that presented things because we felt that the story shows that it was more about disobedience. And if disobedience was a certain kind of confidence and uh, 
uh, human confidence of human nature to disregard what God said, then maybe. But confidence in and of itself is not wrong because we are supposed to have confidence in ourselves based on our confidence in God. So while it's true that this book is is a very large summary of the whole books of the Bible and everything, we felt that that nuance was important. Now, regarding the uh, punishment, the thing that Achan and his family suffered, we thought about the fact that children in this regard doesn't always mean youngsters, although it may have included that, but the children of Israel as a people, as a nation, are that's often a term that's used for them. So it doesn't imply babies and youths like that all the time. However, whatever whatever the makeup of Achan's family was, what had happened was serious enough that God felt he had to make a very strong example of the disobedience that went on there, and there needed to be a cleansing of the nation of Israel. This brings to mind the comparison of what happened with Ananias and Sapphira when the church was just a new thing in the New Testament, and when they lied to the Holy Spirit and were struck dead for that lying. And it brings to question in people's minds what exactly was Achan's or his family's or Ananias and Sapphira's position before God, even though they had to suffer these horrible consequences, what did that mean about their overall faith and righteousness? If you read the story of Achan, you can see that he admits that what he did was wrong. Whether or not that was a heart repentance that was counted to him as righteousness remains to be seen, but again, it was mentioned that fortunately, we do not bear the burden of making these decisions about people's hearts, and God, who is the perfect blend of justice and love, is well capable of deciding these things. God's anger doesn't rule him the way passions tend to rule humans, and so when the Bible talks about his wrath, it is not something that is out of control in the human kind of way, like a blind rage. He still knows everything and has everything in his hand to work all things according to his plan and according to the good for those who love him. Getting back to other comparisons about what happened to Achan and what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, there was the incident of the fellow who touched the ark when they were bringing it back to King David. An important point needed to be made about how people should treat God, what their attitude should be about the creator of the universe. And on one hand, to us, it sounds like, well, they didn't know that it's just not fair, but you could compare it to a toddler who's playing out in his front yard, he, for whatever reason, gets out of, out of the sight of his parents, and he runs into the street and gets hit by a truck. It wasn't because he was being punished. It's just because there are natural consequences that have to play out in life sometimes. From there, the conversation took a little bit of a side turn to talk about who are the children of God. And biblically, whereas we are all created by God and we are all loved by him as he sent his son to die for the world, there is John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13, that say, to as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. And then there are the multiple verses that talk about needing to be born again. 
There's also the reference in Matthew 7:13 that speaks of the narrow gate that few will find and the wide way that leads to destruction. One of the more sobering stories, uh, basically a parable, is in Matthew 24, verses um, 42 to 51, where it talks about people being ready for his coming and the wicked servant who was not ready on the day when um, his master came and he was cut into pieces and then he was sent to the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth with the hypocrites. And it's not a pretty picture. Then in Matthew chapter 25, towards the end, about verse 31 through 46, and in the second part of that, it talks about the fact that those who were separated out onto the left were told to depart, and they were accursed and going into everlasting, eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Luke 13 Uh, Chapter 24 begins a section where Jesus also talks about things similarly. He says, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open up to us, then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves being thrown out. And they will come from east and west and from north and south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. So some of the point here is that some people who thought they were being religious or good in their own eyes aren't doing aren't having the faith that brings righteousness that God talks about. But there are many from the four corners of the earth who will find the narrow way, the one way, and will be saved and dwell in his presence. So that is all of that summary of our discussion. And next time we should go on to the second part of Hour 6 and the Book of Ruth, and we'll see if we get into a little bit of Hour 7 as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That is the Bible News Press segment for today but not the end of our journey.